Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Connect with others who work for themselves. Connect with like minds, new ideas, and fellow creators. Connect with innovators, industry experts, mentors, and potential partners. Connect with risk-takers. Connect with opportunity and new possibilities. Connect with your inner leader, explorer, or inventor. Connect with what your business needs to succeed at QuickBooks Connect. Join us November 6th at the San Jose Convention Center. QuickBooks Connect, backing your path to success. Register now at QuickBooksConnect.com. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Mikosh, your host. Uh, we are back again this week with another huge week of Denver Nuggets news. Um, Paul Millsap is is officially a Denver Nugget. That took that took about two years for for Tim Connolly to finally get it done, but he does. Paul Millsap is going to play for the Denver Nuggets next season. We also now know that Danilo Gallinari is not going to play for the Denver Nuggets next season. He is moving on to the Los Angeles Clippers. I want to talk about that. Um, I also want to talk about a little bit more about the offseason and, and what the Nuggets still might do. They've, they've got a, quite a bit of a jam at power forward, and they've got um, not, they're not really sure what they're going to do at point guard. they got issues at small forward. Uh, I want to talk about that. And then finally, uh, Summer League is here. We, we, we've seen the, the very first game uh, for the Denver Nuggets. I want to talk about who stood out. I want to kind of recap the game a little bit. Um, and that's going to be our show. We do have two co-hosts. We had a little audio, um, little audio trouble, recording trouble, so we missed our original intro, so I had to re-record it. But I do have two co-hosts. It is another all-CSU Rams cast, which always makes me super happy. Uh, Mike Olson and Ashley Douglas joined me this week, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into that right now. Uh, we'll jump into uh, Paul Millsap first. Um, and then we'll get to the rest of it. All right, so <laughs> we will. We'll, let's get right into it. Let's talk about. Let's talk about what the thing that everybody wants to talk about, which is Paul Millsap. Uh, he, the Nuggets, finally get him in a Nugget uniform. As, as I was saying, they they they've been chasing him for you know probably about two years. I can I can remember hearing rumors about him. Uh, well, at least, you know, you can, I can think of at least back to the off season before last season when there was talk about maybe trading for Millsap, um, back then, then of course the Hawks, they, they don't resign Al Horford. He goes to the Celtics. Uh, so that kind of killed, killed any potential deal. They get him. Mike, let me ask you first, what are your thoughts on Millsap and the signing? I mean, you know, you look at, you look at his game and, and you can see why they've been chasing him for a while. And, and, um, you know, frankly, he fits even when when we were excited about him, you know, a year ago, two years ago, he fit into what we were trying to do um, pretty well. You you bring him in now after some of the shifts that the Nuggets made this last year, and and he's he's all of the things that was good about Kenneth Fareed plus 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 right, and and so it's uh, it's a big step forward at the position as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you bring it. It's it's a good kind of comparison to Fareed because. You know, when you think about Fareed, he, he's a guy who obviously the number one thing he brings you is rebounding, and Millsap's going to bring that for you as well. But when you think about some of, of Fareed's weaknesses, particularly I think of defense, mm-hmm. um, and then he can't really stretch the floor for you at all. Exactly. Millsap, he does, right, he does most of those things really well. The only thing that, that Fareed does that Millsap can't do really well is, of course, is finish above the rim. <laughs> um, so, but, but that's the thing is they still have Fareed, and I think now, like, it, 
it would be interesting to see if they keep him. And, and we're going to talk about, like I said, we're going to get into uh, the more free agent moves or, think that, or, or more off-season moves we may think they may do. But because free now kind of really can just fill that role. Instead of being relied on as the starting power forward, he really can just fill the role as the, the energy guy off the bench, which I think most people would agree is where he's best. Ashley, what were your thoughts on uh, the Nuggets bringing in Paul Millsap? I think it was about time that they made a really great free agency move and were aggressive about it. Obviously, they paid through the nose to get Millsap. And, you know, if they, if they need that key player, which they did, you know, it was appropriate to make that move. I think also, given the fact that the Nuggets have such a young core and they did, you know, let Gallinari leave, filling that leadership role was such an important uh need for them and and I think they took care of both of those needs with one person so I'm really excited to see him play with Jokic in particular but really all the Nuggets young core it's going to be a really fun season yeah absolutely you bring up a good point too and even you know it was it's kind of one of the more one of the more down points of the season last year was Michael Malone kind of early on kind of called out the team and said they didn't really have any veteran leaders Um, Mm -hmm. the two young guys were trying to lead the team and so you wonder now, I mean, how much of that was – obviously, I mean, Galloway had to be one of the guys he was talking about. And, of course, he came back out later and said that, that he kind of really misspoke. But you wonder how much of a leadership role Gallo really wanted to do in uh, in the Nuggets locker room. And and it's understandable because, listen, he was, he was in a contract year. He's 29. I mean, he's right in the middle of his prime. He's not trying to mentor, you know, guys – uh, and teach him how to play in the NBA. He's trying to win basketball games. This is this is his moment. So I kind of I kind of get that from his viewpoint. Whereas Millsap, he's a little bit a little bit more longer in the tooth now. He's of course 32. So I could see. I, and he just has a better reputation as leader. So I think you bring up a great point there. Um, about that role that he fills, which the Nuggets really, you know, you have a guy like Jameer Nelson or you have a guy like Mike Miller, but these are guys who, who I mean, Mike Miller especially, I mean, he doesn't really play, right? So it's kind of hard for a guy like that to to be the leadership voice in the locker room when he's not really getting any minutes out on the court. A guy, Paul Millsap's going to play 30-plus minutes a game, so there's there's no doubt that he's going to have that that sway with guys, and I think that's, that's a big key uh, to getting that leadership for the Nuggets. What, what I thought was interesting that you mentioned, though, too, is that they, they paid through the nose for him because they did. There's no doubt about it. $30 million a season, uh, three years, that's $90 million. Of course, the last year is not guaranteed or, or it's essentially a team option, so the Nuggets can can uh, just just expire the contract one year early. But three years, $90 million, that would actually be the second largest contract that's ever been signed uh, by a Denver Nuggets player, only Kenyon Martin's deal was longer, and his was for seven years. Or I'm sorry, his, only his was worth more. His was 92 million, but it was seven years, so it was nowhere near the uh, the money per season. Paul Millsap highest dollar amount per season the Nuggets have ever paid a player. Um, I think it's a but it was only three move. seasons. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think it's a grown up move for the Nuggets, right? Because if you think about it, you know, they really haven't gotten serious about having a leader on the team because they thrust Emmanuel Moutier at 19 years old into the leadership spotlight because they're like, meh, we don't really have anybody else. So go ahead and do it. And I, I really think they right. set him up to fail. So I like this. I like the move they made with Millsap because it shows they really are serious about, you know, putting somebody in a leadership role that's ready for it. And, and they want to make a move for the playoffs at this point. Yeah, you know, I think you're definitely right about the fact that he he Millsap adds this sort of leadership role um, to the Nuggets that maybe they didn't have before with a guy like Gallo because uh, you know Gallo he he was in his contract year he's 29 years old I mean he's he's at a point where he's trying to win uh, win basketball games so I don't necessarily I don't necessarily hold that against him. Uh, as far as as far as maybe not wanting to be you know want, not wanting to be the the teacher or the mentor of, of the locker room, whereas a guy like Millsap, I mean, he's a little bit older, so maybe he's a little bit more comfortable with that role. What I think though was 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 interesting, or what I really liked about the contract though was, was the years that they gave him because it was it's two years and then the third year is a team option, and it's really it's not common to see that type of deal for <clears throat> a guy who's 32 years old. You see the the team options. I mean, obviously all rookie deals have two-year team options on them. Um, and you see those typically for like second-round picks or younger players. It's not as common, especially a player, an older player who's also a caliber of player, Paul Millsap. 
Michael, what did you think about the contract? I mean, how big of a deal is it for the Nuggets to get that that kind of steal in terms of years and team option? You know, I mean, you have to you have to at least wonder how much of that was influenced by, um, you know, people people do the deals that they have to do, and and in this case, um, you know, the the market for Millsap, um, a lot like the way the market for George Hill, um, you know, recently, kind of kind of started to shrink really quickly, and I think a lot more unexpectedly than than either of these guys expected it to. Um, I I think what I liked about the deal. Um, and I and I think you know because um, it's it's funny when when you're talking about it being a steal in terms of years, but you know Ashley said earlier, uh, kind of the idea of paying through the nose, and I I, I actually kind of weirdly agree with both of those things. Um, we're paying him well for what I think is going to be a great skill set over the next couple of years. We'll see where things are at, and maybe we extend him even further. But we've put ourselves in a very friendly spot, and I think we could do that because there weren't that many other takers out there, including, you know, the the team that he was sitting with at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of one of the more shocking, uh, shocking things that came out was that Atlanta didn't even offer him a contract. Uh, and then you're right. Also, I mean, it was like it was like the Nuggets, the Suns and the Timberwolves were all the three teams it looked like it was coming down to. And um suddenly there there was like suddenly minnesota was out or i think phoenix was suddenly out uh decided that they were just they were basically going to tank um and then minnesota suddenly decided they were out and then it was really down to the nuggets and i think i'm sure like you know a team like the kings probably put in a call uh, maybe a team like the nets but i think at that point Millsap probably looked at okay where's the best situation for me yeah and and I think I think the point that that you're making really well, Zach, and I'm sorry to, uh, to interrupt, is I, I think yeah. I, I think the point you're making really well is it these you know how how is each team deciding to compete next year, right? And and so the Suns look at what they get back in Millsap and realize that's that's really not our current trajectory, right? And it's not that he still wouldn't play well for them and actually put up a ton of points. They might have been able to offer him um, more time and more money. It just it just didn't. Teams are getting, it seems like, a lot more realistic at times about does this make sense over the long haul? And I, what I like about this contract is it helps Denver be flexible about the long haul, basically. Right, exactly. It's, and it's it's like a perfect bridge, you know, from, okay, so we have the Gallo era, which is, a, we're going to, we'll talk about that. We'll move right into that here next. But, um, you know, we had the Gallo era, and that's kind of done now. And so you've got, you've got Millsap, who's, it's not the Millsap era. I mean, the Jokic era is fully here, but... Jokic is still a really young guy. I mean, he's, what, 22 years old. So he's got a ways to go. He's really not going to hit his prime for another four to five years, you know. So this kind of – this three-year deal – or hopefully you hit, he, he's hitting his prime in three years, right? So this Millsap deal kind of carries you through that. And then you're hoping these guys like Jokic, Murray, Gary Harris, all these young guys, they're starting to just get into their prime. And so it's, it's a nice a nice bridge that then doesn't hamstring them um, – Towards the towards the end of that deal, which we sometimes we're worried about, you know, I mean, some people are worried about the Nuggets giving them a four year, hundred uh, more than like a hundred and twenty million, uh, even more than that uh, for him. You know, he could have got four years at thirty, starting at about thirty four and a half million, and getting yeah. increases from there. That would have been crazy. Yeah, no but, kidding. Um, that would literally have been didn't... crazy, like actually crazy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, that and, see, and that's <laughs> don't do that. And when, what was so interesting, I think, about what we've seen in free agency is that's like the type of deal you would have seen a lot of teams giving out last season. We saw, I mean, Portland, how many dumb contracts did they give out? And there were, that wasn't the only – I mean, like, Jan Mahimi, I think, got some some ridiculous deal where he's making like $14 million a season to be uh, mm. to be a backup uh, center. It's, it's just – they everybody last year was giving out these nuts deals. And then this year, I think, like Mike, as you said, they're, they're, um, everybody's kind of got a different uh, a different approach, a much more, much more long-term approach. Uh, viewing approach so uh, let's uh, let's move on i want to talk next about about danilo gallinari because he of course is gone now to the los angeles clippers uh the nuggets they do a sign and trade um which is at, at that point it, it, it's all you can do if you want to get anything for gallo um so they get a sign and trade and they get a second round pick which is you know just basically a um a, a thank you for for helping them facilitate a three-team trade to get that done uh the, I guess actually, I'll, let me ask you first. I want I want your thoughts on on losing Gallo, um, and and the return they get for him. Well, 
uh, Gallinari has long been one of my very favorite players. And so I'm sad that he's no longer playing with the Nuggets. It sucks. But I do think that the Nuggets were holding him back. I think he might have been holding them back a little bit. I just don't think the situation fit any longer now that Nikola Jokic is kind of here. And, you know, uh, Gallo was used to kind of being the guy for a little while. And I think now Jokic is the guy. So... I'm happy for him to move on to Los Angeles. I'm, I'm excited to see what he'll do there. But I'm disappointed with Denver. I, I feel like they really missed out on so many opportunities in this offseason. I think we're going to talk about that later. But it's like you you probably knew Gallinari wasn't going to come back. And so mm-hmm. you waited. And now you get a, a measly second round 2019 pick for what used to be one of your best players when you could have really made a great deal and you could have been smart about it. And I just feel like it was such a wasted opportunity. Right. I mean, I, I feel like there was definitely probably an opportunity for them at, at the trade deadline to get a, a probably a first-round pick in this draft. Um, and, and Tim Connolly even, he said it on a radio interview on Altitude. Um, he basically said, he said, you know, in hindsight, if we knew we weren't going to make the playoffs, uh, they probably they would have moved some guys. Um, so, and I, I mean, obviously Gallo is probably the guy he's talking about because yeah, now it's now, now he's gone. Ah, uh, but that annoys me too, because it's like, all right, if you, if, uh, even if you thought you were going to make the playoffs was your goal, the eighth seed first round exit, like really, like you're going to keep guys knowing that you're, <laughs> that's the plan. Like that's not a good plan still, right? you know, I know and. I totally agree with you. I think that probably comes more, even probably up higher than, than Tim Connolly. I think that probably comes all the way from the top and the uh, Josh Kroenke and the Kroenke's looking at it and be like, hey, we're last in attendance. We really could yeah. use and I uh, get making the playoffs to give somebody yeah. something. You know, the Broncos didn't make the playoffs this year. Uh, this could be our shot. Instead, they, they came up short and then, and then they didn't get anything for Gallo um, in the end. Mike... What what were you, what were your thoughts on on, on Gallo leaving? I you know um, so so first off um, I'm I'm sad I'm also sad to see Gallo go. I mean if nothing else to me Gallo was always a an amazing reminder that somehow some way the Nuggets actually won the Carmelo Anthony trade. You know and and that just uh, that was that was always just a nice sort of uh, something every time he was, you know, standing at the line pouring in points. Um, so I I will definitely, I will miss what he brought to the team. He was always a pro. Um, it, it, you know, it sucks some of the things that uh, happened to him and for him along the way, but we could talk about that the entire rest of the show. Um, so I, I, you know, I'll just, I'll miss him in that regard. And, and while I, also, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I, I agree with both of you. It would have probably been wisest to have gotten as much as you could for him midway through last year and rolled the dice on on what you got through the rest of the year. Um, right. But but even and and I don't necessarily think that shooting for the eighth seed is is the best strategy overall. And I think frankly, it it you know it was probably better in ways that they didn't achieve that, but they, they should have gotten more out of Gallo for it. By the same token, does it make the experience any different for those young guys who, instead of two-thirds of the way through last season going, okay, we're going we're gonna to just change what is important about the rest of this year? How much did it change their games to spend, you know, all the way up to the last two games of the season last year just – Busting their butts trying to make something happen. I, I, I think there's at least something to that as to, you know, God, the way you saw, you know, uh, Beasley and Hernan Gomez playing tonight. Those guys were playing like guys who were fighting for the playoffs last year. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. The the thing that I think is that was really interesting about them making <clears throat> or not making the playoffs. Um, or versus the argument if they had. Uh, like I said, I understand it from kind of a financial viewpoint and, and from a marketing sense why why they wanted that to happen. But I think what you guys kind of allude to, so if you end up making it, you're still an eight seed. You're getting swept by the Warriors. I, <laughs> you'll hear some crazy opinions out there about how the Nuggets could have taken the, the Warriors to six games. I don't think there's any way, any way possible. I think they, they, the Warriors handled them in four quite easily. Um, 
And if you know you're going to chase Paul Millsap, I don't think that changes, right? If you make the playoffs and get, lose in the first round, if you don't, I don't think your your position on chasing Paul Millsap in free agency changes. And you kind of know back at that point, all the way back to the trade deadline, like, hey, if we're going to sign Paul Millsap, given where the cap's going to be, given where we're going to be, we probably aren't going to be bringing back Gallo. It's going to be tough to do it, to, to bring him in both. Um, so... Well, and and I have an unpopular opinion, but um, all right, let's hear it. I'm not I'm not perfectly sure, especially as we lean towards try to lean towards defense. Um, you know, maybe at least not 29th out of 30 in in defense this <laughs> next season. Um, you know, Wilson Chandler might actually be the better fit next to the other two guys in the front court now, as compared to Gallo, because he's kind of that. He fits everything, guy. He he plays the game that yeah. you're trying to play, right? And and he might be a better fit in what we do with Millsap. He's also he's also uh, a heck of a lot more versatile than Gallo is yeah. uh, in terms of defending. You know, Wilson's a guy who can defend shooting guard and small forward and power forward fairly easy. He can probably even defend some centers if he gets switched on him in like a small ball lineup. Yeah. Um, and he, he can actually hold his own against point guards as well. So he's one of those guys who, who can give you that versatility on defense. Uh, and he's got the ability with Wilson, I think, on defense. It's always just a question of effort. Yep. Um, I think Wilson also is like he's not afraid to not be the guy. He's okay with that. And I think, right. you, you know, it's really important on teams to have guys who are totally willing to be role players and, and take second fiddle to whoever the, the guy is on the team. That's yeah, I don't know that you would have gotten that out of Gallo. Yeah, exactly. right, exactly. And and the, the thing about Wilson is, is, as long as he knows which guy he is, as long as he knows which role he's in, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he'll be happy. Which is one of the benefits I think of Gallo leaving and in um, the Nuggets. Are the, I mean, we're, we're gonna like uh, we'll get into this after the break, and I want to talk about the some. I think they're a little bit thin and small forward with Gallo gone now. But one of the nice things that it does is. The problems they had last year specifically with Wilson Chandler was trying to find him consistent minutes. Well, now he's got that. Now he's the starting small forward. Um, so, and, and there's no question about it anymore. So it's it, it, it solves that issue, if, if nothing else. Of course, the Millsap signing has now made them have a, way too many power forwards, which is their new issue. Um, but at least for, for his, in terms of Wilson Chandler... That that one that issue solved. I want to get your guys' opinion right before the break. I want to get your opinion on this. Actually, I want to ask you first. The Clippers now, of course, Chris Ball goes to the Houston Rockets, but the Clippers still have Gallo, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, and now they have um, oh, what's the Serbian guy's name? Milos, Milos uh, Teodosic and uh, right, right, yeah, I think it's pronounced Teodosic, but Teodosic, yeah, yeah, that's what I was. We were we were I think we were debating. Gordon might have been debating this earlier today. My my Serbian is is. Is non-existent. So. <laughs> is a little rusty. No, that's what, mine, mine is weak too. I'm, I'm, I feel you. <laughs> that's what Gordon had to do. He just, I think he just tweeted it out. He was like, "Hey, one of my Serbian followers, let me know how do we pronounce this." Oh, that's awesome. These Teodosic was what they said. Teodosic. So yeah, him and then uh, I guess Austin Rivers, right? Is probably your starting yeah, shooting guard. Rivers, yeah, they've got Teodosic <laughs> and Gallinat. Yeah. So uh, what do you think? I mean, is that a team that makes the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is, and and. It just sucks because it's another Western Conference team that we made better. <laughs> like, right. uh, you see him go to another team and then they start getting all the, you know, they re-signed Blake Griffin and they get, you know, Teodosic and obviously Rivers leaves a little bit to be desired, but I'm sure they're going <laughs> to, you know, fill that a little bit and DeAndre Jordan and oh, I'm so bitter. But yeah, it's a playoff team for <laughs> sure. Mike, <laughs> would you uh, would you concur? I, I would say it depends on, on one one thing for me. Um, it if if Gallo and Blake both play more than sixty games next season, yes. that is absolutely a playoff team. No no doubt about it. Even with um, you know the the just say no to nepotism T shirts that uh, Doc and, and Austin are selling <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, you know I I think if they if if either or both of them doesn't cross that sixty game mark, um, I think all bets are off. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, that's that is a great point because you're absolutely right. And uh, I mean, every, obviously Gallo here in Denver is well documented his his injury history. Um, 
But Blake Griffin as well, another guy who's had some injuries. That a guy guy's had some weird ones as well. Remember he he went he broke his hand one year because <laughs> he what punching an equipment manager was the how he got yeah. that injury. So it's <laughs> keep it classy, Blake. We'll be yep. fine. You know, like, <laughs> there you go, there you go. So as long as Blake's not knocking making. anybody out, you know this this time around we should be. They should be all right. I agree with you guys. I think that, I mean, they've got the talent. They're, they're definitely a back-end playoff team. I think there's there's a group of teams. Nuggets in, are going to be included in that, along with like, teams like the Clippers, the Blazers, uh, the Timberwolves. Probably be, I'm trying to think if there's another. Memphis uh, will be another team I'd throw in there. I'm probably forgetting one or two because there's a lot of there's a lot of really good. I think I think if, if you were talking playoffs, the, the, there's there's to me clear uh, a clear kind of top four, which is Golden State, Houston, uh, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City. I think those are, are definitely the four best teams right now in the in the West. And then there's there's about maybe six or seven who can who can vie for those next four spots in. Um, and the heck, even Utah, man. I know, I know they lost Gordon Hayward, but they're they're still got Rudy Gobert. They still got a pretty good team um, over there. So, tell you what, we well, that's not getting all the way into the uh, the playoff seating for next year is not part of our breakdown. So we will we'll go ahead and we will take a break here. I want to I want to stay on the off season though. I want to talk about what the Nuggets do next if they do anything next. And then, like I said, we had the summer league game tonight, so we, we want to get into that. So we will hit. We'll go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. here i want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in denver colorado and that's porter lori you're listening to his single escape my skin right now and if you're liking what you're hearing his album hell or high water is available on itunes also you can check out his website porterlori.format.com that's p-o-r-t-e-r-l-o-r-i dot format dot com Give him a listen. I broke out of every place that tried to keep me in, but I can't escape my can't escape my skin. It kills me not to know this, but I've all but just forgotten what the color of her eyes were. And her scars or how she got them Has the telling signs of age rain down A single tear is dropping Through the valleys of an aging face That this world has forgotten Alright everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Nikosh. We are joined by Ashley Douglas and Mike Olson. We, we spent the first half of the show um, talking about Paul Millsap and Danilo Gallinari. We, we worked our way through a, a power outage that uh, happened at, over at Mike's, 
Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a wild one. Um, <clears throat> but so we're going to, we were talking obviously a lot about the off season because we're, we're right in the middle of it. Um, but I want to get, I want to, and I want to stick to it, but I kind of want to look, look, start looking forward now. We, we, we've talked about Millsap. We've talked about Gallo. Now let's look forward to what the Nuggets are going to do next. Cause I, we, I, I mentioned a little bit before the break, um, the Nuggets still have, they have six power forwards, like six true power forwards on the roster right now, which is insane. Um, and, and they gotta do, they gotta do something. So when I'm thinking about, okay, well, like, what are they gonna do next? I look at, I look at, there's really, there's, there's three, there's three issues I see with this Denver Nuggets roster right now. And the first one, of course, is that they've got a ton of power forwards, at least, really, at least three of which, and here's the problem, if you have a ton of power forwards and a bunch of them are scrubs down at the end of the bench, Okay, whatever. Or if they're young prospects, like I don't mind Tyler Lydon being down on the bench right now because I think he's going to play a lot in D League, uh, and I don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes, and that's fine for a rookie. We've seen that plenty of times. Guys like Gary Harris didn't get a lot of minutes as a rookie, turned out great. Uh, but the, really, for me, it's it's Trey Lyles. I don't understand where he fits because Millsap's your starter, um, lot or or and then Fareed's obviously your backup. And then, then you're not sure what you're going to do with Trey Lyles. And then the other guy is, is Wancho Hernan Gomez, which Wancho, I think, okay, you can slide him over and play him um, some more, some more small forward. Where, but Trey Lyles cannot play small forward. But so if if you picked him up, this 21 year old who you got kind of fairly cheap because he was buried on the bench in Utah, you can't just bring him back and now bury him in the bench in Denver. That it doesn't make any sense. So that that's number one is, is the power forward issue. The number two issue is kind of what I was alluding to there is a small forward position, a little bit thin on depth. You've got Wilson Chandler. He's, he's your starter, no problem. But your backup choices are really essentially Will Barton, who's more of a two guard, or Wancho, who's more of a power forward. So if you could if you could get somebody who fills that backup role, that might not be a bad thing. And then finally, what are they doing at point guard? Um, Jamal Murray, Jameer Nelson, Emmanuel Moutier, that's the same combo they had last year that really didn't give them great point guard play. I don't think you want to go into next season doing that. Uh, so that would be th- – those are my three things that they think they want to address. Ashley, what about you? Do, kind of the same things or is there something else you think they should be looking at? Well, I, it, it, you know, basically the same thing. But I think, you know, I, I always think about the San Antonio Spurs. They have such a – an empire of success. And the reason they do is because everybody's role is very clearly defined and explained to them. And that, that's basically the problem with the nuggets. Like you said, like who, who's playing small forward, who's playing power forward. Um, who's, who's not going to be on the team next year. Who's playing at the point guard position. You know, really the only certainty we have is that, you know, Jokic and Paul Millsap are going to be kind of the, (laughs) Power forward right. and center, you know, and and so right. I really and think Gary Harris is your shooting guard. I mean, right? That, that yeah. one I think is Gary Harris is is amazing and a great stable, but you know they they just have to clean it up and they have to decide who are we going to stick with. You know, what is their role going to be? Let them know. You know, if if Lydon's going to go down to the G League, great, tell him that. You know, if if Freed's going to remain and be the backup, awesome, let's do that. But whatever it is, pick a plan and move forward because like you said, they cannot start the next season with so much uncertainty. I do think they need to move Jameer Nelson uh, quickly. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he needs to stay around anymore. That's, that's like, you know, every coach has their safety blanket and, and Jameer <laughs> is, is definitely coach, coach Malone's safety blanket. For yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> he kind of is. That's a good point. As will be. He's as just, just like, just like Anthony, he is, he is, uh, Jameer Nelson is to, is to Michael Malone as, as Anthony Carter was to George Carl. I don't know who's Both sucking their movies. thumb now in this picture in my head, but I'm, I'm getting really that uncomfortable. That was so funny. Uh, so besides, uh, besides maybe getting them a teddy bear, what else do you think, Mike, that the Nuggets should be trying to do this offseason? I, I mean, you know, how many, how many teams can, can start, you know, five guys on the floor who all play the same position, right? So, I mean, <laughs> it's it's you got something going for you there. Um, I, I mean, your point is is well founded. I actually I kind of like Wancho at the three. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not terribly intimidated about thinking about him as the as primarily the backup three there, um, and and that makes a ton of sense to me. I I mean, that still leaves you with way too many power forwards. I, you know. 
I, I do like the idea of Fareed um, back in the energy guy sixth man slot. That's never been his favorite. And, and frankly, as well as he did with Jokic last year, that's not always been uh, the way he does with other guys. So if he's not going to be playing next to Jokic, did, I mean, do you can you at least sell high on him when we didn't sell high on some others uh, last year, if there's any way to do that? Because I'm not... I mean, there's certainly some other guys who could still come in and, and play behind uh, Millsap at the position pretty easily. Um, I, I First off, um, I, just a tip of the cap to Jameer Nelson, who a couple seasons back came into a really kind of ugly situation and did everything to basically kind of turn the ship around as far as what's going on from a guys getting together and feeling more like family and, and, and really everybody on the same page in a, in a great atmosphere. So, uh, so thank you for that. While I also say, I, I hope he's not back next year. Um, by, by the time all of this goes and, and as, as scary as it is for me to say, so I mean that even if basically you're going with a, uh, Murray Moody, a Morris 3M, I, I got there before Woody page did, uh, you know, with, with one of those stupid sayings, uh, if, if that's what you end up, rolling to next year i'm i'm not as freaked out about that i think i think murray is gonna uh step it up and i think actually i'd like to see how far he can take it if he's given the reins um i i certainly am not nearly as freaked out about moody as a backup guard and that's if he can maintain it against a guy who um is is known for most nights maybe not tonight but most nights for not turning the ball over much so um i i i would roll the dice there possibly yeah, that, the interesting one there, of course, would be Morris. But I mean, we've seen it before. Heck, the rookie of the year was a second round pick um, this season, so it's it certainly it certainly does happen um, where you get those guys and they end up finding roles right away. I I, I like it. Like we're gonna get into the summer league game, like I said, and I I don't want to spoil it, but I, I definitely do like I do like Morris and, and what he can um, what he can bring to the Nuggets. I, it is, here's the thing. If you're rolling with that, that three, I mean, that's, you're talking growing pains again, right? Because yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of youth. Um, uh, that's all youth basically that you're, that you're going to do with there. And that's in in a very important position, but somebody's, I mean, Moody is in his third season. He should, and if he's, if, if he's not going to do it this year, then then you got to wonder if he ever will. And, Um, but you got such a facilitator with Jokic, you know, so that, that helps. Uh, yeah, Yeah. sorry to, Talk no, about no, 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 <laughs> grab it, take it. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're, you're exactly right, actually, because that's, you don't, you don't have to have a guy who's great, a great point guard. You don't have to have Chris Paul, right? Because you've got, um, you got Nikola Jokic who, who certainly you run the offense through and he, he does makes that really, um, really work for you. So, yeah. so you guys are right. I, I don't know. I still, it, to me, if you could upgrade the point guard, obviously it's tough because we missed out on George Hill. Uh, we've missed out on, on really all the point guard guys who are out there in free agency. Now we're probably looking, um, we're probably, heck, we're looking overseas was, was one of the rumors this is going on right now. We're probably looking, uh, though, at maybe a trade option. If, if for me, um, if, if they were going to do one move, it, it would be, that that would be the knock it, knock it out of the park move at this point would be trading for Eric Bledsoe from Phoenix because that that way gets you um, that gets you a starting a really nice starting caliber point guard who I think would play fit really well with this team as well. Um, does does Phoenix say, does Phoenix happen to need you know three or more power forwards three, at this point? That's no. The no, they don't. So they have so they they have they have Dragon Bender and they have Marquise Chris um, already there. So they have two young power forwards, which stinks because right that's a guy you'd want to trade for. Reed. Yeah. Phoenix though is open to salary dumps um, for. for for uh, draft picks and stuff, and I'm not sure. I guess I look it up how much Eric Bledsoe makes, but that would be they would they wouldn't want to basically be taking um, <clears throat> taking back any long term salary. So you'd wonder if they'd really want uh, if they'd really want Freed anyways because he's got two more seasons on his deal, um, and, and I think 12 million a year. So let me see. I'm just looking it up right now. Eric Bledsoe, 14 million a season. So, it would save him two. It would save him. How many more years does he have on his deal? It would. Uh, yeah, he's got two more years on his deal. So you would. I mean, maybe actually that's that's not a, not a bad deal. They trade Bledsoe for Fareed, and you get uh, they save two million bucks off the cap. 
Uh, the problem is they just don't need another power forward. Yeah. So yeah, dang it. You could you could you could go. They'd probably be more interested in a guy like Wilson Chandler, but uh, you know then you're really thin at power yeah, right? yeah. and small forward. That doesn't make any sense. Have, yeah, you don't have any true small forwards at all. So um, that that's that's what I would want though the Nuggets to do if I was to say if they figure out some way to get that. A deal like that pulled off, but uh, as we kind of were saying, it's going to be tough. Um, so let's 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 talk about this. Ashley, let me ask you first: uh, If the Nuggets make no more moves this offseason, this is basically the roster they're going to roll with. Um, and you're you're taking the whole everything into account: drafts, free agency, the whole the whole deal. What kind of grade would you give them on their offseason? Hmm. I probably have to say C minus or D plus. I think the draft was so bad. It was so bad. And, you know, Millsap was really great. So they kind of balanced each other out a little bit, but I'm still really not not excited about what they've done. Wow, that is a C minus D plus. I um I would be a solid C because I was uh I was my grade for their draft was C minus or D plus, so I think they did a little bit better in free agency. I'd probably give them, like, if I was going to give them a grade right now, free agency, a B. Because I think they definitely upgraded the roster with Millsap. But with mm-hmm. you losing Gallo and you not picking up a guy like a George Hill or somebody to play, you know, another starting, quality starting player, um, you, 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 you upgrade one position, but you also lose... Uh, you also lose that little that bit with Gallo going out, and you don't replace him. So I don't think you can get have it a great offseason. Like I said, if they can figure out a way to trade a guy like Eric Bledsoe, um, then I'd give him an A because he's a quality starting point guard. Mike, what about you? What grade would you give him? Um, I mean, I I'd like to give them an incomplete because um, I'm hoping that this isn't <laughs> where this finishes. Basically, you know, but but I um, I'm I'm in the ballpark there. I'd I'd say. Right at the moment, um, I, uh, just a C because I think it really was a trade-off, and and the, I think the the weirdest part of all of it was that the guy you were really after all this time, if it really was Millsap, I um, I think Ashley said it earlier. Then you know why why did you drag in you know four other power forwards um, as as a part of what the plan was here? Um, so I, I I hope that they're going to still make some changes. All of that said, I can I can definitely put a roster of ten guys together in my head that I'm pretty excited to see play ball, and I don't know how much the other seven see the court anyway. It just you know if we're lucky enough about injuries, so right. Mm-hmm. That is that is that is fair a fair point. I mean they've got a nice they've got a nice group of players that they can roll with next season right now, um, and, and a lot certainly. of point guards just sitting way down at one end of the bench. Talking about right. talking about point guard or uh, sorry power forwards. I mean yeah, power, uh, forwards, power forwards, right? Right. Talking about power forward things. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, hopefully some of them will be playing down in Sioux Falls. That's where I would, mm-hmm. would send some of those guys. Um, all right. So I want to wrap wrap up our kind of off season discussion. We we, we talked about. I, I kind of already gave you guys my opinion, but I want your guys' opinion on this as well. We were talking about kind of where the Nuggets will finish out. I think they're somewhere in that five to eight seed. Um, in the West. Michael, what about you? Knowing now everything we know about how much the West has, has really got stacked, where do you think the Nuggets end up next year based on what their roster is looking like right now? I, I, I think it might be I think it might be five to nine or five to ten actually and I, I'm That's right fair. there with you. I, I um, when you when you'd sent this question out earlier, um, my my gut said, oh we're, we're the six or seven seed easy with this upgrade and then I, and then I started thinking about everybody else who's made upgrades, um, including as, as Ashley said us to the clippers earlier, you know so uh, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. We'll see where it goes. Um, I, I hope we're the six or seven seed, but frankly that's just the middle of a damned broad range that I see us possibly landing in. Right, right. No, that's that's definitely fair. And yeah, I would agree too. I mean, I, I say five to eight, but they could easily be ninth to tenth. I could see them not making the playoffs. I don't think they're a lock um, <clears throat> in any any sense of the word. Ashley, what do you think? Um, I I don't know. I'm skeptical to think that they're going to go high as high as a six. So I would probably yeah. say you know seven to nine. You know, maybe even ten. It depends on the the moves that they make to to focus a little bit, but. Um, I do. I'm hopeful that with Paul Millsap, they are gonna, you know, make the playoffs. I certainly hope so because, I mean, they ha- they have to for their fans. They have to. Otherwise, they're just gonna be in really bad shape at the Pepsi Center. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the the, the other guy too is. I mean, uh, Coach Malone is. This is kind of his prove it season, I think, especially yeah. because he did bring in a guy like Millsap. Now they spent that money. Um, I, I think that there's no doubt the expectation is, hey, this team can make the playoffs. And it, it kind of sucks for him, though, right? Because everybody in the West got better. Like It's like, man, here they go. The Nuggets finally make this move, and they get a, a really good player, a star-type guy in, in Paul Millsap, and then everybody else is loading up as well. So it doesn't get any easier. It really reminds me of almost – we're almost getting about 10 years ago now when it was. It was 2008 – the Nuggets, they, they ended up being the eighth seed. They were 50 and 32 on the season. They won 50 games and got the very last seed. And they got it on like the last game of the year. Yep. Um, I think, I think Golden State that year finished like maybe 48, um, and, and, and 34 or maybe 49 and 33, but they were right there. And then the, uh, the Nuggets ended up getting it. It reminds me of that. And I, but this is what's crazy is I think that there's another, there's like a legitimately 10 teams who could win 45 or more games this season. In the Western Conference alone, mm-hmm. that thing's nuts. Yeah, but but as weird as it gets, some years, I mean, I could just as easily, I mean, let's say, let's say for the Clippers, either one of those guys stays injured, or um, you know, we're just we're all dumb enough to not realize just how big a difference Chris Paul makes to any team he plays on, or or any of those things. I mean, there's there's one down, right? Let's let's say that. Um, you know, Tom Thibodeau plays Jimmy Butler for as many minutes as he played him in Chicago. And by the time the end of the season comes around, he's he's, you know, gassed. It, there's mm-hmm. there are so many linchpins across all of those teams that we talk about from five to five to ten. Um, you know, and, and weirdly, you can even look at some of those top four. And I want to say Houston is obviously a top four team. But, you know, let's say that these two guys who always need the ball in their hands don't mm-hmm. gel the way they should. Right. That's not right. that is not Mike D'Antoni's style of play anymore. And that's what got them to the two seed last year. So it it's it is the weirdest season coming up. I have no clue because just one or two little dominoes. And and we're all sitting around, you know, at the end of next year saying, wow, the three seed. Did you ever expect the three seed? So I, it's, <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing that we, we – we, hey, look, we we don't know how much better guys like Nicole Jokic and Gary Harris are going to get. Everybody's kind of looking at it right now. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, the Nuggets got better and they got Paul Millsap, so they should be fighting right there. But nobody's really considering – or th- think about a guy like Jamal Murray. Like if there's anybody to talk about, maybe it's Jamal Murray who basically played almost – hu- or played a huge portion of last season with two sports hernias. Now he's going to be fully healthy. We're finally going to see uh, – they were talking about he may have even got these sports hernias at Kentucky – um, so now we're finally uh, going to get to see him full strength. <sighs> I, imagine? They, yeah, exactly. I yes. mean, they, they can make yes, some huge. Yeah, yes. <laughs> they can make some huge uh, additions uh, just internally um, from development, and they could. You, Mike, you're right. Maybe they do. Maybe they shock everybody, and they end up being uh, getting a uh, home home court advantage in the first round. Still hard for me to see any way they get better than the Warriors, but hey, you never know. You know what? <laughs> We've seen cases before. What if what if both Steph and Kevin Durant got injured? You know, then then how good would the Warriors be? It just just like you said, so many different things. Um, I don't know. Happen. The it's Warriors signed see. Nick Young. You know, they yeah. did. Yeah. going to be pretty yes. tough. Things just got swaggy in Oakland. Swaggy. Oh man. Uh, yeah, they ended I, up going. So they ended up going with Zaza instead of JaVale, though. That, that, I was kind of bummed about I, that. So. You know, I, I actually, and part of the reason, and, and um, Zach, you make, you make a great point about our guys. I, it was like a month and a half ago I, I was writing something about how I think we're in a good spot to be the wave that shows up behind the Warriors if we keep the core that we've got in place. You know, and and a lot of those stats, um, you know, the the leap from uh, first year to second year and the leap from second year to third year are typically the biggest jumps that players make. I mean, we we could very easily see that from from Murray Harris and and of course, Jokic, um, if, if they all make a big jump forward in this next year um, around a guy like Millsap, um, mm. things get right. really it's interesting. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. yeah. They do. They do. And I always, I always try and, uh, you know, I temper my expectations. I, I, I learned this from the Rockies because you, you'd always go into every Rocky season. You'd be like, well, if this pitcher stays healthy and if, you know, if this one makes a jump and well, if this, this shortstop ends up really being hot in the minor leagues and, and jumps up to the majors and plays really well. And you start realizing that you're like, well, there's so many, well, if this happens, yeah. that, 
The, the odds are long, but it does happen. It does happen. So you Rockies never know. will leave you jaded, man. I feel like the state of Colorado, <laughs> we need to like have an intervention with the Rockies. Like, what is it uh, with you guys every year? It's <laughs> true. The Rockies, the Rockies are they're they're the ones who rip your hearts out, and yeah. the, uh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets are just the ones who just they just constantly disappoint. I'm, I'm not I'm not ready to talk about the Rockies just yet. <laughs> Fair I'm, enough. Fair enough. I'm gonna go they, get. Uh, I'm gonna go get my wood. Hey, so they <laughs> they won tonight. They killed it. They won it like like twelve three. They they absolutely the bats finally broke out. Um, this is not a baseball podcast though. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get back. I want to get. We'll, we'll go into our final segment, which is I want to talk about, of course, summer league because that that we we had the first game tonight. Um, Let's start with that. Let's start with getting our thoughts on the game. I'll, I'll kind of get, get mine real quick. Uh, well, actually, you know, I want to hear you guys first. Ashley, what, what were you thinking about? Uh, what did you think of tonight's game? And the, the Nuggets, of course, they lose to um, – who the heck were they playing? The Rockets, Houston. yeah. The Rockets. There you go. Thank you. That's, that's yeah, how you unforgettable know. <laughs> Summer League is. But, I mean, basically you, you summed it up there, Zach. It was kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. But – you know, I think that it was good to see players like Wancho and Beasley out there. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be too hard on guys like, you know, Morris and Leiden. And because it's just right, it's their very first summer league game. Right. So I'm going to give him a break, give him a chance to get better and, and be good. But um, it's good to see him get out there at first. They kind of were getting their butts kicked, but they rallied a little bit, which is cool to see. So uh, like to see a little bit of fight in the young guys. But really love to see Wancho and, and Malik Beasley there on the court. Wancho's one of my favorites. He's he's yeah. just great. So And Wancho, you know, he had a little it was, it was it was there was a lot of interesting things I didn't think to take away from Wancho's performance tonight. Um he started off kind of slow and then he then, you know, of course he, he got some open looks and uh and he buries them because I think Wancho's probably the best shooter. I I, I will say this. Oh, this is this is my podcast hot take. I wish we were like radio and I could press one of those buttons and then we have this thing like podcast hot take. What the word on this? Yeah, please, please don't do that, please. As an ex-radio guy, please. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, see, so there you go, Mike. You can teach us how to do it, and then we'll, we'll figure out. We'll make a little soundboard here. No, but my, 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 I think Wancho might be the best shooter on the team, I, especially with Gallo gone now. Um, in terms of just pure shooter, it's probably either Wancho or Jamal. Um, and so he did that really well, but what I thought was interesting about Wancho, um, was they were, they were trying him out at more of a small forward position, right? Cause he's probably got to play some more of that this season. Um, and he, I thought where he struggles, where he particularly struggles is when he's got to put the ball on the floor, uh, and try and drive to the basket. He's got, he's, he's, he doesn't quite know how to protect the ball so well, which is, we, I think we saw a couple more, more, more than a couple times him, he tried to drive into the lane and he ends up getting the ball stripped away from him. That's something those I think is goggles to on too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think those were getting I'm, in his way. I really do. I'm super sad. It turned, you know, I think what it was that he just had like LASIK or something. So um, yeah. that's why he had the goggles. I thought he was just going to roll with them. And I was like, yes, that's going to be, I always, I, I, always, I want, I've, I've wanted some guy to rock the goggles for so long and nobody, nobody wants to do it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure you found one yet, but, but we'll see how yeah. it goes. <laughs> So watch you and Mike. goggles and a cape, and then he'll be he'll be ready. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> other than uh, Mike, other than obviously Wancho and Beasley, um, who else stood out to you in in tonight's game? I mean, uh, you know, I, I who expected that Robert Carter Jr. goes was it seventeen points that he wrapped up with? I gotta go, let me so. find the box score again. Um, yeah, yeah. 17 points in 23 minutes. Um, you know, I, I mean, he was fun to watch. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, Xavier Johnson from CU just as a home state kid. Uh, I want to see him play, but I mean, yeah, but, but, uh, but do we really want to, you know, worry about two more forwards, uh, basically (laughs) on, on, on the list right now? Um, you know, I, I think, I think Carter really had an interesting game and, um, you know, Morris, I was teasing a little bit earlier for the fact that I, I'm not sure he had a three turnover game, um, you know, last season in, in his, in his last year at Iowa state. Um, but, but he, he definitely still, you know, he had a couple of nice steals. Um, he, he played a lot of minutes. He, 
he showed himself well. He was um, all five of the guys who ended up starting were minus and the plus minus, but um, Hernan Gomez, Morris, and Beasley were all pretty low in that end. And I think, you know, I think what Ashley said basically about giving cutting most of these guys some slack to me, it's a lot like it's it's a lot like asking these guys to put on a play and handing them their scripts, like you know, uh, last night, and basically saying, you know, have fun out there, um, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it just so there's so much of the the rhythm and the meter of what it is they do to play the game that these guys just. It's it's going to be out of sync half the time they're on the court because they've just never played together this way. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, they they basically been given one week. Um, it, it reminds you of like the old Olympic teams, um, and those yeah. guys were were, were all stars. But how they yeah they just kind of like give them a week or two and they're like, all right we're gonna go now let's go play. Um, so you can tell yeah there, there's some gelling that that's got to happen, which is kind of where I think a guy like Malik Beasley kind of excels in these these summer league games because he's a he's a guy who can create baskets for himself he's probably the only guy on this roster who can do that he stood um, out he was fun to watch even though he took eight million shots <laughs> he took 30 30 yeah. not, not quite 8 million, 12 <laughs> of 30 uh from the field from he did pull with carmel a little bit yeah. yeah you know what's crazy i'm looking at the box score right now and wancho even though he, i was kind of like ah wancho i don't know if he had a great um a great night shooting and he shot 40 percent from the field which isn't great but he shoots 40 percent from three again i mean the guy just that's good oh yeah, that's good. He's he's quite a shooter. Um, Mike, so you know, still looking at his box score. The one or the guy there was there was three guys who were on the positive end of plus minus uh, tonight. Howard St. Roos, who played all of two minutes, uh, was a plus three. Tory Craig, um, he was kind of a kind of a nice nice uh, look, but I kind of think he was uh, he he was plus six. I think that's kind of a side effect of Robert Carter, Carter Jr. who leads who leads. Uh, the entire team with plus 12. The plus minus, I think, is really interesting on this box score because it does tell the story. Like you said, Mike Wancho, Malik, Monty, they were they were all they were minuses, but they were very close. The, the two guys far and away worst uh, on the plus minus <laughs> spectrum were, were Tyler Lydon and uh, Peter uh, Peter Cornelie or yeah. Cornelie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What did you guys think? I thought, man, I mean, Leiden, he look, he showed he, he had his range. I mean, he can hit some threes. His very the very first play he had that it was almost like a dirk like turnaround uh turnaround fadeaway from the post. That was very nice. He didn't he didn't shoot great. He didn't he didn't particularly rebound well. I mean, he didn't he, he, he didn't know. Right. He, he, he wasn't He took too many three-point shots. I mean, I saw there was like three or four times he just literally kept going down and he would just before he passed didn't look right. to anybody else. He just pulled up, took a three, and missed. Pulled up, took a three, and missed. Like, dude, yeah. can't do yep. that. Yeah, go to go to maybe maybe a little maybe a little G League time would be mm-hmm. would be very helpful there. I think. Yeah. Can I just sidebar here real quick? I refuse to call it the G League. All right, that is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I, I it was it was difficult. I I stumbled there. The D League. <laughs> God, yeah. right. And, 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 and while we're there, can we get a friggin' D League team? I, I know this is not yeah. on tonight's. So please, could we please just be one of the last few teams in the league? We could actually... start a D League team with our power forwards. There it is. There, yes, it's there perfect. it is. Boom. They're still an arena in Brookfield. Come on, guys. Ashley would love forwards. to see a bunch of power forwards down in the Springs. Come on. Just, Do it. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Guy Sox are leaving. We'd love that. That'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. They 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 got to put it somewhere. I I think like like obviously it's not happening this season. Um, I think it'll happen by next season. To be honest with you, I think they got to do something um, with with the D League team because because now and and this this ties back into summer league. They have the two they have the two extra roster spots and they can do two way contracts, which is um, essentially guys get paid a D League wage in the D League and then they can come up to the NBA level and they can play, get paid their NBA. Um, NBA wage, so that that's a brand new feature to this season that was part of the new CBA, and obviously now the rosters expand from from 15 roster spots to to 17. Uh, still, only 13 players dress for a game, but you can have two guys, um, two extra guys on your roster who who essentially if they're on two way contracts or guys you're sending down to the D League. That's exactly what that contract setup is for. And the Nuggets could man think about. It, who's going to get? I guess the Nuggets. Look, they'll they'll, they'll find a way to, to send guys to D League. They'll send them to Sioux Falls or whoever's going to whoever's going to be their partner um, for that now. And I'm looking at this right now, and after especially tonight, um, 
if I'm looking at, like, who do you think, these two guys, I'm trying to think, what's funny is I think probably Monty Morris and uh, Nikola Radicevich, those are the two, those are the two guys who I thought looked the best out of the, like, two, you know, um, two-way contract candidates, because Wancho and Malik, those guys are already signed, Tyler Lydon's already signed um, to, to guarantee deals. Michael, what about you? Would, do you think, or maybe like, is, is Robert Carter, because it always happens every year. Some, there's one guy, last year was Jarnell Stokes. There's some guy who, who impresses in, in, in summer league, gets training in camp invite, impresses in training camp in preseason, makes the team. Who do you think, it, basically, cause the Nuggets have three roster spots open right now. Who do you think on this team could fill those spots? You know, actually, I mean, it's sure. So, so first off, Carter was was really efficient tonight, right? He was he was five of seven from the field. Um, right. And and you go back and you look at a few of his games last season. He actually he played summer league for um, Golden State last year, and right. and he he looked pretty good for them too. It just, I mean, talk about a team that was already stacked. It just. They they just didn't need him, and I I think he went overseas. I don't remember, but I, I know he played last year. Um, after all of that, and and so um, you know, a couple more games like this, uh, he he certainly could be somebody you talk about in that sort of you know need one more guy in the three slot that you were talking about as a possibility. Right. Yeah, I um he and he could too, and he I thought he looked nice, and I should clarify when I say they have three roster spots open, which they have, um. They have a roster spot open that was occupied by by Roy Hibbert. Um, he's obviously not coming back. So that's that's one. And then they have uh, Mike Miller is 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 not is is officially still on the roster. Um, but they could cut him, and that would be that would be two. His deal is non guaranteed, so they can cut him for free if they want to. Um, and then obviously Plumlee right now is we're not sure what's going to happen there um, with Mason Plumlee. So they may the those are those are the three spots that are open and or could be open. Um, in, in addition to the two extras, so they could just potentially have as much as five spots open. They've got the three now because Roy Hibbert's gone, plus the two extras that they get um, for for the new CBA. I, it's, 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 I guess it really comes down to what else they're going to do in the offseason, right? Because if they, they, they could still... They, they, there was the talk about the, the Wanamaker guy from um, from over in Europe. Maybe he, he's a point guard who they thought, thought, about, thought about bringing in. It seems like they want to bring in one more guy to fill one of those spots. So it's going to come down, I think, to two guys on this summer league team um, are going to are going to get an offer. Unless, I'm not I'm not 100% sure, Mason Plumlee, I don't know what they're going to do with Plumlee. It's kind of an interesting situation. But essentially, if, if it, there's, there's two guys for me, um, then Robert Carter's out. Because you're probably, if it were me, I'd probably, I would I would sign Monty Morris and I would sign um, Radicevic and those would be my two guys. Uh if Plumlee doesn't come back, um, if they make some sort of deal where they, they consolidate some guys, the, the two for one, or they trade a guy for a pick, or they just flat out salary dump a guy, um, and they get that third spot open, I could see at least Robert Carter Jr., I think he gets a training camp invite, um, and, and, and he has a shot at that at that final spot. Ashley, what about you? Who do you think, I'll let you kind of wrap us up here, who do you think kind of stands out as far as as these these fringe guys who might make the might be able to make the team? Um, you know, I'm going to agree with you and Monty Morris and Radicevich. I, but I will say that I'm I'm interested to see how summer league develops. I, I mean, some of these guys, this is the very first time they're they're playing in an, in an NBA type team, and you know, I'm sure nerves are getting to them, and they're young, and so. I am interested to see kind of who steps up after tonight's game. And even after the first few days, you know, I think Nikola Jokic was obviously a late bloomer. And so, you know, right. it's anybody's, it's anybody's spot. So, right. Great point. You know what? And I always say, I always say this about summer league because people get take things way out of proportion. Um, everybody's really bummed about Donovan Mitchell looking really good in summer league. Cause of course that was <laughs> the nuggets, the nuggets mm-hmm. pick and they traded back. They could have had him, but, um, you, you take everything in, in summer league with a grain of salt because the competition level is not the same as the NBA. 
Um, not even close. So, but at the same time, you can take things like when you, actually you mentioned Jokic. I remember the very first thing, the very first time I really got to watch other, other than just you know highlight films. The very first time I ever got to watch Jokic live was in summer league, um, and the very first thing I noticed about him was, man, that guy can really pass. So you can you can definitely glean things from them. And, and what I noticed tonight about about Morris and, and Radicevic is, is is they looked comfortable running the offense, playing the point guard position. I thought Morris had a little bit. We were trying to talk about this during the game. Uh, I, th- I thought he had a little bit of Andre Miller's type of game um, mm-hmm. in him. He's not he's not a great distance shooter, but he's a really good passer. He's really good. Looks like he has a really good mid range game. Um, and then Radicevic, he just he just looked comfortable. He looked really really comfortable. He got a little flashy, throwing a lot of behind the back passes there in the first first half. And then he had some turnovers. Um, he had some turnovers in the second half that got a little sloppy. But I thought overall he just looked really comfortable out there um, and, and was making the right pass. Was 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 reading what the defense was giving him and was playing well. So um, we'll close on that. I think that's that's a that's a good uh, good just about hour long podcast that we got there. So. Um, we will uh, we will be back next weekend. Uh, we'll probably we'll wrap up with what summer league happened. We'll, if maybe any other free agency stuff breaks, we'll get a chance to talk about it. But we will um, we will talk to you guys then. Mike Ashley, as always, I appreciate it. I'm always happy to have two CSU Rams with me on the cast. Go Rams! All right. Go Rams! <laughs> All right. There you go. Thank you, both. All right, everybody. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. We will uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon.